The LGBTQ plus community has gone from being non-existent to being bigger, louder, and prouder than ever before. A close friend of my grandfather ended up coming out to my grandfather on a hospital bed after he attempted to suicide. This week on Voice for the Voiceless, we discuss, is the LGBTQ community still voiceless? Why is it so difficult to come out? And why is it even harder to stay in the closet? our podcast. Um, I'm Zach, and uh, welcome back for those of you returning from previous episodes. Um, Today, our topic is going to be LGBTQ and how um, people and individuals who identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, how they're affected within social justice because of how, because of their, their gender or their sexuality. So I'm here with Eli Freeman right now. Hi there. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, so Eli Freeman is going to be joining us for this episode. We're going to be co-hosting and we're going to have uh, Harris, who's going to interview some people on this topic also, which we'll cut to. Um, so, all right, let's just start off. So, so Eli, you ident- you openly identify as gay. Yes. And um, surprise. surprise. <laughs> um, and what does that mean to you? Just like, what does that mean to you in terms of in terms of your in terms of your ability to express your opinion and voice your thoughts? Well, I'm always seen as an example, which in most cases I really, really like because I have the opportunity to teach people, um, like my friends and peers, what is best, what is most correct, what is best. But in some cases, again, if you mess something up, then it's seen as like, oh, is this ASMR now? No. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's I I, th- I think that's great that you're being that you're able to teach other people about these topics. Stop tapping. I think it's great that you're able to teach other people about about these topics. All right, uh, about these topics. But um, so if just like a little background information on our podcast here, because you're obviously uh, new and you're going to be co-hosting and guest hosting this episode with me. Um, so basically, yes. Okay. Uh, so we're making a podcast here at Mahanera Berkshires, um, based on social justice. It's called Voice for the Voiceless. Um, basically, we're focusing on different minorities and people around the world um, who don't have as as big of a voice as other people in terms of like being able to so to voice their opinions and just social justice in general and how. Um, everyone should be able to voice their opinion no matter what th- their background is or what they believe in or their sexuality or their gender, anything like that. Um, so today we're going to be focusing... Oh, so today we're going to be focusing on LGBTQ with you. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to have you here in the in the studio um, to hopefully help express your thoughts on these. Um, so... Um, in terms of just like, I'm, this is just kind of like, quickly, I'm just kind of curious about this. Has anyone ever like, have you felt, have you ever felt 
like because you identify as gay or because you because you're part of the LGBTQ community that you didn't belong with the other people or that you couldn't express your voice? Well, the thing is, is that personally, my coming out was very quick. I came out to my grade in a day and to my ADA in like about how long it writes to take a text. So like 10 seconds. So I've, and that was in the middle of the winter. So I didn't really have to confront anyone about it until next year when I was more comfortable and ready. Um, so I found that very comforting. Overall, I have always been raised in supportive communities where it is okay to talk about this stuff. So I'm very lucky there. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, I know that this camp is supportive of you and trust me, everyone here is very supportive of you and whatever you choose to do. Um, so in terms of just like being, in terms of just like um, having a voice as someone in, or just in general, anyone who identifies as LGBTQ, do you think we've made any progress over the years? I certainly do, but curious. Are you talking in camp or? I'm talking worldwide. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're leaving camp. Everywhere. Um, I really, really do. Okay. Um, I really, really do. 50 years ago, um, the time we were recording this, 50 years ago and like 15 days were, were the Stonewall riots, which were really the beginning of rights for LGBT, no, for gay people. LGBT wasn't a thing back then. It was just the gays. Um, the gays. Where they were not allowed to... For for example, in New York, you would be arrested for wearing uh, items of clothing assigned to the opposite gender. Ooh. Um, and that kind of stuff. And 50 years, we have seen... We have seen pride parades. We have seen gay couples getting married and having kids. We have seen... We have seen people who are non-gender conforming, who don't think, don't, uh, don't feel like they are either male or female. We have seen people who are non-gender conforming, which is also excellent. People who don't feel like they belong either as male or as female. Instead, there's something either in between or something completely different. Um, and I really think that as a society, mostly accepting that is really, really great. But we still have so many strides to take, so many more things we can do. Um, very recently, a couple of years ago, they tried to build, uh, pass a bill called HB2 in North Carolina, which said that you must go into the bathroom in a public building, including schools, parks, public libraries, to which you were assigned at birth. So if I was assigned male, but I identify as female, I would have to go into a men's bathroom. Um, this was in North Carolina, I think two or three years ago, after the country made immense strides in legalizing gay marriage. Two years later, they just, it was like if you get one victory for the LGBT community, there's just another loss. Yeah, that, that's, that's totally fair and I don't think it's fair. Well, no. <laughs> I, I, no, yeah. that's not what I, It's totally. Like, it's, it's a totally fair no, like, I totally agree with your opinion. It's not fair that that's happening. Um, and I think that, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, I I knew from what you've told me that you were, you knew that you were gay since you were very young. That's true? 
I knew I was different. Different. Can you like explain? I mean, when I was really young, I really didn't have a sexual identity yet because right. it's not something you're supposed to have when you're three. Right. But I knew that I just, I felt like I was just different. I wasn't the same as everyone else. I didn't want to get a girlfriend in kindergarten. That kind of stuff. Right. And was there like any, once you, when did you like really first realize like, oh, I'm gay? I mean, I knew I was different, but the first time I like accepted it, I think was the beginning of fifth grade. So when I was like, I'm 14 now, I was like 10 or 11. All right. Um, but was there any, so you, you really first accepted it when you were in fifth grade. Was there any big milestone in in the world of um, making people with, um, uh, who identify as part of the LGBTQ community, um, was there any milestone in the progress of, of the community um, that helped you to accept yourself? Um, well, I remember in my Nitsanim uh, Summer, when I got an email from my brother saying that they legalized LGBT mar- gay marriages and lesbian marriages um, across the whole country. And I just remember being like, wow, this is so awesome. And I just felt like it resonated with me more than anyone else. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I. That's That was probably my favorite. That was probably my favorite thing that Obama did because I have gay friends like you and other people that are part, other friends that are part of the, of the LGBTQ community. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are able to get married now. Yes. Even though I'm still only 14. We know. Um, we just had that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, do you think that going forward I mean there's already been so much progress with the LGBTQ community there's a there's there's a pride month there's parades all the time so many people have been inspired to come out um do you think that there are still some minorities that not minor do you think that there are still some people who identify as part of the community who still don't think that they have a voice completely um uh, it used to be when you think of gay people, uh, of people who are LGBT or people who are different, you used to just think of people who were gay or lesbian. Or And now it's if you're gay or lesbian or transgender or bisexual or asexual or intersex or um, Pan. pansexual, that's a big one. Um, but there's still a lot more people who don't have a voice. Right. People say that other gender identities besides male, female, non-binary, and a um, a gender um, are just not valid. Like demi uh, demi gender, for example, people say that's not valid. That you can that they gave you the choice, both, neither, or pick one side. Um, but why can't you be three quarters, for example? So people like that don't have a voice or people who are pansexual don't have a voice yet because it's not 
uh, not normal enough. It's not normalized enough in society and in our life. Yeah, um, I I know people that are pansexual, um, and it's like anything that you can identify with is you and you shouldn't have to be scared of who you are that you can't tell people who you are um so what do you think like us as a people because we are as humans we're one race we're well no we're one we're one species we're one species that's what i was we're one species we're one people how do you think that people who might be who might who are considered um, who can who are considered to have a voice? Um, how do you think that they can? Um, how do you think that they can uh, help those without voices in the LGBTQ community to to express their opinions? Because there still are there's still anti-Semitists out there. There's still people that are anti-LGBT. Um, so how do you think that people with a voice can help express the opinions of people in the LGBTQ community without a voice? Well, I think the first thing is really normalizing everything that the LGBT community stands for. Um, because when something becomes normal, no one is upset by it or angered by it or confused by it or scared by it. Right. Instead, if you just normalized same-sex marriage, then we wouldn't even need anyone to... We wouldn't need a voice in the first place. Um, but I also think that just, like, acknowledging the past is a big thing. And also, just going to take a, another turn, um, pronouns... It, pronouns are a huge thing in, especially someone who is tra- transitioning, especially in their life. Um, for example, if you identify as male, but you're um, assigned at birth as female, and someone calls you she by accident, instead of just being like, oh, well, that happened, instead, it's not hard to apologize. It really validates how they feel. Um... So I think that's also a big thing. But also, just like, one of the biggest ideas of pride is to come be yourself and enjoy yourself. And I think that doesn't just have to be for... Pride doesn't have just have to be for LGBT people. It can be for everyone. Pride is such a good experience if you come to enjoy it. This is Eli Freeman with Voice for the Voiceless, and I'm here with Hannah Rikus. Hi, Hannah. Nice to see you. Good to see you too, Eli. Okay, so I have a, qu- a couple of questions for you about the LGBTQ community and whether you think it's a voiceless community or not. Oh, okay. Um, any specific questions to help, like? Yes. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay. My first question: Do you know anyone that identifies as LGBTQ? Heckity yeah. Okay. Second question. Do you think this community is actually a voiceless one or not? I think certain portions of the population have been really doing an amazing job of um, 
speaking out about their needs and um, it, it is like objectively a community that has um, been silenced in the past but I think the voice is growing. I think in certain parts of the country and um, you know people who just don't have as much privilege and might live in more um, uh, wow. um, living under circumstances that, that, that they don't feel safe to speak up. Um, I think that is uh, a reality that um, that needs to be recognized. Um, that yes, the community is able to speak out more, but it's not. Um, we're not all the way there yet. There's still work to be done. This is Eli Freeman, and I have Ashley, one of the nurses. Hi, Ashley, one of the nurses. So I have a couple of questions to you, uh, for you about the LGBTQ community. So the first question, do you know anyone who identifies as LGBT? Yes, I have a few friends that have decided to take that step recently and become transgender, gay, um, and a few more in that community as well. Great. Second question, which is a long, long, much longer one. Do you think this community is actually voiceless or not? I think this community has come a long way from where they were before, but there's still a lot of work to be done. In terms of healthcare, especially as a nurse, I feel like they are very unrepresented in our community. Another opinion that we don't really get to see that often. Third and final questions. Do you think there's something you can do as an individual or as a nurse to help fix this problem? I think that it's important for me to be a voice for them and to provide them with the best health care they can get. Oftentimes, as providers, we often feel like what they have and what they want is not always necessary, but they know their body best, and I think our job is to help them be at their best. Great, Ashley, thank you so much. No problem. Repeat the question. LF. Uh, do you think that, like these big celebrities like Jim Parsons and Ellen DeGeneres and Neil Patrick Harris that identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, do you think that they um, are helping to give people or to encourage people um, with part of it that are part of the community to speak up for themselves? And I think all of the celebrities you just named and many, many more. Right, I just gave First of all, can be seen as great role models for people. Right. Great people to look up to. Like, everyone wants to be like Ellen. Of course, Ellen's the best. Exactly. Um, but also, they all have an amazing platform. They all have a big following. And all three of the celebrities you just said have been using it really well to normalize LGBT issues and encourage equality. Yeah, so I mean, we, we just talked about celebrities um, as just celebrities, but I mean, just in general in pop culture, 
Um, do you think that there's a good representation of the community of the LGBTQ plus community in pop in pop culture, like in movies? Like Love Simon was a movie with a with a gay character as the main as the main um, character character. Um, I think that we shouldn't make people who aren't LGBT be LGBT because that's just unfair and kind of goes against the ideals of the community. But you I mean think- like play a character? No, I mean like make people come out even if they're not LGBT. Cause unfortunately that's what's happening for attention. Um, I think overall in pop culture, uh, gay people are, uh, uh, Let's start this again. I think overall in pop culture, people who identify as LGBT have been much more represented and represented much better. In in the 1990s, in 1997, when Ellen DeGeneres came out, when her character came out as gay on her sitcom, Ellen. In front of Oprah. In front of Oprah. Um, that was seen as revolutionary. Like, how can this happen? Someone who is famous, someone who isn't evil. It took her, like, years to get back onto TV. Exactly. And now, Ellen is just seen as a regular, as another person. Exactly. Here's here's my biggest problem. Like, something like Love, Simon, it's, it's a step in the right direction, except the entire movie is focused on him being gay rather than it just being a normal movie and the character is just gay. Like, I've never seen a movie in my life. Actually, there's no, I have, I don't know of any big blockbuster movie where the person that is gay is not a big deal. Well, I think overall as a society, my ideal is if a character is gay, that shouldn't be a a big deal at all. And that is what, at least what I'm striving towards as a part of the community, but that still isn't, that still hasn't happened yet. And again, these characters can be huge role models, huge inspirations, a little tap on the shoulder and say, hey, you're doing well, hey, I'm proud of you. So I agree with you, but until we actually have, until we have enough, until being LGBT is um, not a big deal and instead just another thing that exists, that can't happen. Or personally, I say that can't happen. Right. Yeah. Um, just like taking a little bit of a step into a different direction. Um, do you think like um, in terms of like, do you think in terms of just going back to like the idea of um, giving a voice to the people um, of the LGBTQ community. Um, do you think, I personally think that if we're trying to get people in the community to have a voice, I think having to come out as something, like having to come out, that's just like, even that is just like, you have to tell... Oh, wait, what am I trying to say? No, I know what you're saying. Like, that, like, 
Can I just take it? The thing about coming out is that it's like saying your deepest, most hidden. Mo- Ooh. Uh. Um, it's like saying your deepest, most hidden secret and revealing it to the world. So again, once being LGBT becomes normalized, once it becomes normal, it is. Um, once being LGBT is normal in our society, then we shouldn't need to come out. But again, until then, it's just something you have to say. And also, speaking of coming out, coming out, it is really people just say, "Oh, it's just like, oh my God, why don't you just like come out?" Coming out is just seen as like, "Oh, you're just saying something." It is something that is so, so difficult for so many people. Um, before coming out, 48 people um, who, I, who identify as transgender in 2015 attempted suicide. That's almost half of all people. 48%. 48% of people who identify as transgender commit suicide, uh, attempted suicide in 2015. I mean, that's, that's just... That's terrible considering that we're trying to move in the right direction. Um, and that's like, it's, it's, it's not only like, it's not only that people aren't giving them their voice, they're invalidating the fact that they have a voice and that there are so many people in this world that like, even that- if there's, even if there's some people who don't necessarily agree that, that people can identify as whatever, whatever they want to be. There are still so many people that are that are supportive of them and that are giving them a voice and a platform to do it to like social media and a platform to express their opinions on and they're taking the bad stuff and focusing on it which I think is terrible and I think that no one should have to commit suicide based on the fact that they're that they think they're different and that people won't accept them because there are so many people who will Yes, I completely agree, and that's why it's so important to find a support network. Um, but I also think that, again, I've said, like, we need to make this normalize as a society. But, again, I want to... Do we have to end soon? Two minutes. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to just finish up now by saying we as a society have done so, 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 so much. In 50 years... Gay people have gone from not being able to get married. No, not being able to live an out life in public to being able to get married and have kids. People who were transgender have gone from being put in prison for wearing clothes that weren't assigned to their gender to now being able to get surgeries. So they are... um, so their private parts can match what they f- identify with. And also, most of the people who are 18... Oh, sorry. Um, here, you don't, you don't most, do here, just start a conversation. It's bulky when you do that. Um, and as a society, we have more... Our community is ever-growing. Um, uh uh, people who identify as LGBT between the ages of 18 and 34, compared to people who are 65, there are three times as many people 
who are between the ages of 18 to 20 to 34 um, versus people who are 65 and older. That's a vast improvement. It, yes. And even though we love the people mm-hmm. in, uh, who are 65, year old, 65 years old and older. And that probably includes the people who have come out at that age. That's true. Um, our community is still ever growing. It's getting ever stronger. And again, I think we as a society are just going in the right direction. Yeah, I, and we shouldn't we shouldn't slow down or stop because we're going so far. Um, but I think one important thing that we haven't touched on that I want to just end on quickly, and then we'll wrap it up, is how amazing how many amazing organizations and people there are around the world, like the Trevor Project, for example. Um, if you don't know, the Trevor Project is an organization that helps at-risk. I'm not sure if it's just teenagers or um, people. It's focused at teenagers. It's but. focused at teenagers, but it has a phone line that you can call into any time, and it has meetups and meetings. and. It's so- basically a... Th- it's basically a therapist that can help you with all of your problems on demand. Yeah. Um, but, like... Focus at LGBTQ teens. Yes. Um, but I think there are also a lot more smaller organizations. Um, right. I don't know about all synagogues, but I know many synagogues, and if not schools, clubs, have uh, LGBT organizations where you can meet other people who are LGBT. And one big shout-out... Um, because I really love this organization. It's called JQI, Jewish Queer Youths, where they have programming for teens between the ages of 13 to 23. Is that the thing in Soho? And older. It's the- uptown. Uptown. Oh, right. um, oh, okay, yeah. Where LGBT teens can just go meet up, meet other Jewish queer youths, and just enjoy themselves and not feel alone. Um, so... If you're interested in learning more about the Trevor Project, you can go to www.trevor.org, T-R-E-V-O-R.org, or you can go to um, www.jqyouth.org. Both of these are amazing causes, and you should, if you're interested in this, you can look more there. Yeah. um, I just wanted to add one more thing. Um, like adding on to these organizations and how, what they're doing. Um, people, I think one of the terrible things is that, I mean, just like you said in, um, I think you said that in 2015, 48, did Trevor exist in 2015? I think so. Yeah. So in 2015, there were 48% of trans people that attempted suicide most likely because they felt like there was no one there to listen to them and what they had to say. Yes. Literally dialing in a number, you could literally put in a simple phone call like you would a friend or a parent, and you could instantly get help and have someone who's willing and able to listen, willing, able, and and interested in to listening in what, to what you have to say and what you what your feelings are. Which is incredible considering that you were discriminated against in the past. Yeah. And I also want to say that this is unfortunately a dark message that we have to end with. But if you are feeling alone and you want to hurt yourself, please dial 
8255. That is the National Suicide um, Assistance Hotline, where you'll be put on with someone who can help, who can talk to you. Yeah. Um, so that's it for this episode of Voice for the Voiceless. Uh, this Thank has you. Been, it's been a good conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, Eli. Thank you so much for stopping by. This was a great. This was great. This was a great episode. Great. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Um, tune in next I'm time. Too. Tune in next time for another topic and another minority that we will focus on. Thank you so much. This has been Voice for the Voiceless on Coramaw.us. You just listened to Voice for the Voiceless. The team of this podcast includes Harris Cohen, Alex Fluffy Shangold, Zach Atlas, Jacob Schechter, Alex Golden, Eli Freeman, and Daniel Patchen. This is a David Goodman production at Colrema 102.3 FM, broadcasting from Camp Ramah on the Berkshires. Thanks for listening. <laughs>